Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shir will be on Arashi in Parshas Shemos. We read near the beginning of the Parsha that Paro developed a plan to kill all newborn Jewish babies. And he was going to do this through the agency of the Miyaldais or of the Hebrew um, the Hebrew women, the midwives. Let's see Perak Aleph Pasik Tezvov. The king of Egypt said, to the Hebrew midwives, Asher Shem Ha'achas Shifra, the Shem Ha'shenis Pua, that the name of one of them was Shifra, and the name of the other was Pua. We're not going to go in, not going to go into the significance of these names now. And he said, when you assist in giving birth, when you assist the, the Hebrew women in giving birth, and you will see on the Avnayim, we'll, this will be a major point to understand what exactly this word Avnayim means. When you see on the Avnayim, you will look at the place where the child is born. In Benho, if it is a Ben, if it is a boy, it's a son, Bahamitenoso. You will kill it. I'm commanding you, kill it. If it is a daughter, it may live. Rashi explains. If it is a son, Para was only concerned about the males. Because his stargazers, his fortune tellers, had told him, that sometime in the future, the Hebrew women were going to give birth to a son who is going to save them from their slavery. So therefore, this was his way of ensuring that whoever that uh, baby boy is going to be, he will not live. Now, I'd like to focus on this word, ho'avnayim. So Rashi says, al ho'avnayim, moishav ho'isha ha'yeletis. This is a seat of the woman who is giving birth. If you look in uh, history books, uh, you will see that in, in the ancient Mideast, a woman did not give birth lying down flat on a bed the way it is done. Uh, certainly here in the West, it is done like that. But rather there was sort of like a little stool that she sat on and the baby would, uh, and that's how she gave birth. Now Rashi continues, in another place, in a Pasuk in Malachim, it's really the same, almost the same exact Pasuk in Yeshaya. In another place, Karehu Mashber. The Pasuk calls this seat, it calls it Mashber. Okay. The Chamoyhu, and similar, similarly, we have another Pasuk in Yirmiyahu. Ose Malacha al Hoavnayim. In Yirmiyahu, it talks about a craftsman, a Yoitzer Klicheres, a person who uh, 
that makes uh, vessels out of uh, clay, and it talks about osim alacha alho avnayim, someone who is doing work on the avnayim. Now, what is the avnayim? So Rashi says, moshav kli umnus yotzer cheres. It is the moshav, it is the seat. Kli umnus of the vessels of craftsmanship, yotzer cheres, of the one who creates, who produces vessels out of cheres, out of pottery. Exactly how to put together all these words in Rashi. Moshav kli umnus yotzer cheres. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I would have thought that Rashi should say, Moshav ha'uman yotzer cheres. He should have said it's the seat of the uman, of the craftsman, who is yotzer cheres. Rashi says, Moshav kli umnus, the seems to mean the, the seat of the kli, or the clay umnus of the tools of the trade of the yotzer cheres. I'm, I'm not sure how to read all the words. Perhaps, this is a stretch, but perhaps Rashi means Moshav. It is a Moshav, or a Moshav. It is a seat. Kli Umnus Yoytzer It is one of the Kli Umnus. It is one of the tools of the trade of the Yoytzer Cheres that he has this special sort of a seat. But what is Rashi proving from the, this Pasuk in Yemiyahu? That, that the word of Nayim refers to a sort of a stool. Here in this Pasuk is referring to a sort of a stool that a woman giving birth sits on. And in Yermiyahu, it's a similar sort of stool that a Yoytzer Cheres, that a, a potter sits on as he's doing his pottery. And it has the same name of Nayim. Okay, that's the Rashi. Now, the middle of the Rashi is the part that is difficult. Rashi begins by saying, Alho of Nayim, Moshav Ha'isha Ha'yeletis. Okay, this is the seat that Ha'isha Ha'yeletis sits on. Okay. Now, Uvamokam Acher, in a different place, in Malachim or in Yeshaya, Uvamokam Acher, Karehu Mashber. In another place, it's called Mashber. Why does Rashi tell us that in another place, it has another name? <laughs> Who cares? You're trying to explain to me Alho Avnayim, the Frashi is trying to explain what is the meaning of this word, the Avnayim. So he says it's a sort of a seat. So why are you telling me that the same thing has a different name somewhere else? That, that, that's, not, that's not relevant. And if you'll tell me yeah, simply uh, he wanted to do me a favor, he wanted to uh, give me a little information that uh, in a Pusik in Malachim and in Yeshaya, it has a different name. That is not the derech of Rashi, simply to put in interesting tidbits, particularly about psukim that we haven't come to yet in the order of Tanakh. It would seem very unlikely that Rashi's putting this in just as a, a matter of record, a matter of interest to, to tell us something interesting that in Malachim and in Ishaya, this object has a different name. So why does Rashi um, put in this Pusik from Malachim slash Yishai. It's the same Pasuk. This question is raised by the Maskil the David. I think, my personal opinion, before we get to the Maskil the David, perhaps we can say very simply as follows. The word Alho Avnayim could be translated quite literally as on the stones. In other words, maybe it simply means if you'll see 
a woman sitting on some stones. She crouched down there to give birth. So if it's a man, if it's a son, you have to kill it. And if it's a daughter, you may let it live. Rashi tells us no. It doesn't just mean avonim. It doesn't just mean stones. He starts off by telling us, This is a special seat that a woman who is giving birth sits on. In order to prove that when a woman gives birth, she has a special seat that she sits upon. So he says, In another place, the Pasuk calls it by a different name. But the point is that this, this word of Nayim doesn't just mean on stones, because that's what's around. There's nothing else to sit on, so she sits on a stone. No, it's a special, specially crafted seat for this purpose of giving birth, and in a different, perhaps in a different time, in a different place, the same sort of seat had a different name, Mashbear. So it is a, a specially crafted item. And then, then you could ask, and why does Rashi now go back and quote the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu of Osam Alacha al It could be now Rashi has Akashia. Okay, so now he's telling you that the word of Nayim doesn't just mean stones. It means a special seat that a woman giving birth sits on. So now Rashi has Akashia on himself. His Kashia is, but wait a minute. It says in Yirmiyahu that the craftsman sits on the Ovnayim. He's not giving birth. So Rashi says, it's a Moshav, it's a Moshav Kli Umnus. The main thing is it's a Moshav. It's a, it's a seat. The point of the word Ovnayim is not that it is specifically limited to the Isha Hayoledis, to the woman giving birth. It is a, it is a stool. It's a certain sort of a stool. It's used by different people for different reasons. When the woman is about to give birth, she sits on such a stool. And when the craftsman is doing his work, he also sits on this kind of a stool. I think perhaps this is the, just the simple approach to Rashi. The Moscow Ledovic, the great super commentator on Rashi, however, gives a very interesting explanation of Rashi. I will try to summarize it. Uh, it's a little, a little hard to read uh, this, this particular uh, paragraph in Maskele The Dovin. The Maskele Dovin explains like this. Rashi starts off by saying, Alho Avnayim is Moisha Vaisha It is the seat of the woman who is giving birth. And then the next little half a sentence in Rashi, he seems to understand as sort of a kasha, sort of a question. Rashi says, in another place in Malachim and Yeshaya, it is called mashbear. And if so, Rashi's hinting at a question, if so, why is it here called Avnayim? Rashi starts by saying Avnayim, that's where the woman sits when she gives birth. So if it's called in another place, Mashbear, why is it, which perhaps is a more specific name, Mashbear, from the word 
shoiver, to break. The woman is breaking. She breaks her water. She's breaking from pain. So Rashi's question is, if it has a, another name, which apparently is even uh, in some ways a better name, so why does the Pasuk here refer to it as Avnayim? And then says the Maskal the David, Rashi answers this, answers this question by quoting the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu. What is Rashi's answer that he's quoting from Yirmiyahu? In Yirmiyahu it says, Osem Olacha Alho Avnayim, which is a Moshe of Kli Umnis Yoytzer Cheres, it is, it is a similar stool, but it is not used by the woman giving birth. It is used by the potter as he's doing his work. And there's a Gemara, which we'll see in a moment, there's a Gemara that makes a drasha out of that Pasuk. The Gemara is in the Sechta Saita, Daf Yud Aleph Hamid Beis. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Here the Gemara in Saita is Dashani, many of these Sukim near the beginning of Sefer Shemais. Many of them are very well known drushes. This one is not so well known. And Paro said, When you are assisting the Hebrew women in giving birth, it's our Pasuk. And you will see on the Avnayim, if it's, a, if it's a son, if it's a male child, kill it. My Avnayim. So the Gemara asks, What does it mean, Avnayim? Or Perhaps more precisely, the Gemara means to say, why does the Pasuk use this word, Avnayim, rather than some other word? So Amr Rabbi Chanan, some have it, Rabbi Yechanan. Rashi, in fact, says it should be Rabbi Yechanan. Okay. Simen Godel Masar Lahen, a great simen, a great sign, Paro was giving to these uh, Hebrew midwives. Amr Lahen, he said to them, Karas laid, at the moment when a woman crouches down to give birth, her legs, her thighs, uh, cool off like stones. Her legs become cold like stones. That's interesting. And the Gemara continues. The East Amar, and so there is another one, someone else who says, others say that the word of Nayim, this is the part that we really want. There are some who say, that the word of Nayim is a remez, it's a reference to the Pasuk in Yermia that we've been discussing. And the Pasuk says, For Ered Beis HaYetzer, Yishayahu was commanded by Hashem to go down to the Beis HaYetzer, to a, a, a house where a Yetzer, where a potter is working. So I, he says, I went down to the potter's house. And behold, this potter was doing work on the Ovnayim, on this seat that he sat on. So, my Yoytzer Zeh, just like this Yoytzer, this potter, Yerach Mikan be Yerach Mikan, he has one thigh on this side and one thigh on this side, the Sadan Emsa, and his Sadan, he has like a block of wood, he has like an anvil in the middle upon which he puts the items that he's working on. So, Af Isha, so a woman also, when she's about to give birth, Yerach Mikan be Yerach Mikan. She parts her legs. So one thigh is on this side and one thigh is on that side. Vavlad Emsa. And the child comes out in the middle. That seems pretty obvious. Why would, why would Paro have to tell that to these Miyaldais? So what the Mephoshim explained, the, the Marashor here, 
explains it, and it would seem that the the mask of the David means approximately the same thing, is that Parai understood that uh, certainly the Jewish women are not going to be very happy about this decree, that every baby boy has to be killed. They're going to try to somehow get around and circumvent this, uh, this decree. And what might they do? What they might do is they would give birth when the, when the midwife is not looking. Let's say the midwife didn't get there yet, or maybe the midwife stepped into the other room for a cup of coffee. They would give birth and then they would hide the baby somewhere. And when the midwife would, would come around, so the mother would say, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's very terrible what happened, but the child was a stillborn. We, we, we threw it away already. We buried it already. Parai wanted to make sure that that doesn't, didn't happen. And therefore he said to the midwives, he said, I'll give you a simon, I'll give you a sign so you know exactly when a woman is ready to give birth so that she won't walk away when she gets to that point. One simon is that her legs become cold like stones. When you, when you feel that, then you better stay there on guard and make sure she doesn't give birth without you watching. And the other simon is that she sits in the same way that a Yotzer Heres sits. She sits in that same position the way that the potter sits. Now the Mask of the David explains, as we said before, that by quoting this Pasek in Yirmiyahu, Rashi is hinting at an answer to his question. His question is, if the Pasek, if the if this seat is called in another place, Mashber, why does the Torah here choose to call it by a different name, Avnayim? And his answer is that by quoting the Pasek in Yirmiyahu, Rashi is hinting at this Gemara. Rashi is saying, Rashi is saying that the reason the Torah chose to use the word of Naim is because it is hinting to us this story about this uh, simon that Paro gave to the woman. Of course, what is the, the lesson of this story? And in simplicity, the lesson is you see how, you see what a Russia Paro was, you see how deliberate and, and scientific. Uh, he was about how to extinguish, how to uh, how to kill the Jews. Uh, reminds us of a certain person that we don't like to mention. It was very precise and very scientific, according to the best knowledge of his day. So the Mask of the David says that's how you have to have have to read the Rashi. Rashi brings in the pasuk in Malachim to point out that this 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 moshav this seat that the woman sits on has another name. Then Rashi says to himself, if it has another name, why does the Torah use the name of Nayim? So Rashi brings in another Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, to, with, and, and he means, he's Maramids, he means, and I'm bringing this Pasuk, the way the Gemara interprets this Pasuk, that this Pasuk was a hint to the women, that this was a simon that Paro gave to the women to know exactly when the woman is giving birth, so that the midwife will make sure to be there at that moment and make sure that there can be no circumvention of the decree. Am I convinced that this is Pshat and Rashi? Not exactly. Uh, my general approach to Rashi is that 
things should be a little more transparent. We shouldn't have to say that that uh, that Rashi is speaking in 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 hints to a Gemara. Who says everybody knows the Gemara? Rashi's commentary is a complete commentary, which means, in my humble opinion, you don't have to know the Gemara. Of course, knowing the Gemara always helps. But Rashi is explaining the Psukim, it's my humble opinion, that Rashi explains the Psukim in such a way that you don't have to know all kinds of other sources, Gemara and so on. Still a very interesting approach of the Maskele David. Before we conclude, I think it's worthwhile just to take a look at this Pasuk, these few Psukim in Yirmiyahu. They're very, uh, they're very important, simple and important Musar in these Psukim. Since Rashi mentions them, let's take a look. Of course, the book of Yirmiyahu is Teichacha, it is rebuke. In general, it is, a, uh, it is full of rebuke that Yirmiyahu delivers to the Jewish people in their moral descent, which ultimately led to the destruction of the first base of Mikdash. And he, this passage certainly fits into that mold. And it says, the word that was unto Yirmiyahu, from Hashem, saying as follows, Kum, get up, and go down to the base go down to the house of the craftsman. And there I will allow you to hear my word. I want to give you this particular nevuah, which you will deliver to the people. I want to give it to you at a certain location. I want you to be at the Beis HaYotzer, at the craftsman's house. So Yemiyahu tells us, I went down to the Beis HaYotzer, to the craftsman's house. And behold, he was doing work on the Ovnayim, on this, on this seat, this special little stool that a potter sits on when he does his work. The nishcha sakli asherhu oseh, and the kli that he was making, the vessel that he was making, nishchas. It was destroyed. It was it. it uh, he messed it up. He somehow made it the wrong way. Bachomer biyad hayotzer in the material which was in the hands of the craftsman. And the material that was in his hand, uh, he somehow misformed it. Veshav, so he went back, and he made it into a different vessel. Okay, it didn't come out right the first time. He was trying to make a bowl somehow. It's too small, too big, it's the wrong shape. So what does he do? What does he do? He twists it this way and that way. He makes it into something else. As it was straight, that was as it was uh, desirable in the eyes of this craftsman to do. So he messed up the first time. It didn't come out right. It was nishras. It was destroyed, not destroyed like burnt up into ashes, but it was it was ill formed, and therefore he went back and he made it into something else. By he, that's what I saw. And then the word of Hashem was to me, it came to me, saying as follows, Like this craftsman, I can't do it for you. The house of Israel, so is the speech of Hashem. Meaning Hashem said, 
Klal Yisrael, Beis Yisrael, you think that I can't do to you what this Yotzer did to his clay? You think I can't do it? Hine, behold, kachemer biyad ha-yotzer, like material in the hand of the Yotzer, like clay in the hand of the potter. Kenatem biyadi, Beis Yisrael. So you are in my hand, Beis Yisrael. Of course, this is the source of the famous piyut, that we, that we say on the night of Yom Kippur. Rega adaber, a moment I will speak, I can speak for just a moment, about the nation and about the kingdom, your nation of, of Yisrael and your kingdom, to abandon, to, to break and to destroy. If I want, I can destroy you in a minute. But then that nation will be shav, that nation will do tshuva, asai, that the nation will retract from its evil. Asher dibarti alav, that I spoke about it. Minichamti al asher chashavti And I, Hashem, will be misnachem, I will regret and I will retract from the evil that I had thought to do about it. So in other words, I can destroy you in a minute, but if you do tshuva, I won't destroy you. And a moment I can speak. About the nation and about the people and about the kingdom. To build and to plant. Etc. Etc. In other words, Yerbiyahu is, 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 is telling us here the very simple and important message that we are We are just like clay in the hands of the craftsman. Kodesh Baruch Hu can do with us as he pleases, only what does it really depend upon? It depends upon our actions. Are we good? Then Kodesh Baruch Hu can do good. If we will retract from our, from our evil, from our bad, bad deeds, if we do tshuva, so then Kodesh Baruch Hu won't do us any harm. If chas v'shalom, we don't do tshuva, then it's very easy for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to manipulate us in all different ways. This is just, uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment any more about it, a very simple and important Musar. Good Shabbos. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash